Maribel has always had luck on her side. So much so that maybe luck isn't even the right word for it. Maribel is downright blessed. She's always felt loved by a great number of friends and family, and most especially, God. God's love for me is something big. It's like the heart is beating and you want to hold it in your hands and never let it get it away. Maribel came to America with her two children and her husband Lorenzo from Peru, and she and Lorenzo made a simple but happy life for themselves. Like all Latinos, we arrived in this country with the American dream. But for me, I believe I was not an American dream. For me, it was everything. One of the people who helped Maribel get her first jobs here was 83-year-old Laura Wilson. I get involved in helping people. They, they just come into my path. I don't. I don't look for them. They come to me. Soon, the two started talking every day and became close friends. So Laura was one of the first people to hear about it when it happened. Suddenly, one day, I collapsed coming from work. I came home with a fever and I couldn't breathe. They took me to the hospital. They gave me oxygen because my lungs were no longer sending oxygen to my heart. I was going to have a cardiac arrest. Maribel had contracted tuberculosis at the age of four, and breathing problems had plagued her throughout her adult life. They sent me home with a tank of oxygen. I thought it was like the other times, like in my country when I would get really sick, but then recuperate. But I realized a lot later that it wasn't like that. Laura knew Maribel needed more care. And so she drove her to a nearby lung clinic for the homeless and needy. The clinic was founded by Dr. Mark Gladwin, a lung specialist at the nearby hospital. He inspected her and was shocked by what he found. The, the tuberculosis had really ravaged her lungs, and she had severe scarring or fibrosis. There was almost no lung there at all. In fact, she had large holes in her lung and was stuck to the chest wall and were irreversibly damaged. Dr. Gladwin took care of Maribel as best he could, but she just kept getting worse. She was hospitalized more and more often, and soon she couldn't function without oxygen. And since she was still an illegal alien, she had no health insurance for expensive medications. One day, Dr. Gladwin pulled Laura aside. Because I said, well, tell me what I do now. And he said, there's nothing we can do because what she needs is a transplant, but without papers, we cannot do anything. And we just cried together. We did it. So they sat me down and explained they couldn't do the transplant if I didn't have insurance. So at that point, I just wanted to die. I think my faith failed me at that moment. I drove home crying all through the 395 at 9, wanting to crash my car. Up until that moment, I thought that no problem was too big for me to handle, because I had considered myself to be a very strong woman. I told the Lord I didn't know where to go. Maribel begged the Lord to save her, but for the first time, it didn't seem like he was listening. Maribel was put into hospice care. The doctors all told her that she should fly back to Peru so she could die in her home country. When she was almost, according to everybody, was ready to die and were getting ready to where they would bury her, how they were going to tell the children, then I think that's where the energy went into me very strongly, that we were not going to let her die. I started pushing hard. Laura put her foot down and picked up the phone. <laughs> I've, I've taught everybody, it isn't what you know, but who you know and who are, you're not afraid to go, no. She called friends, she called doctors, she called through the phone book, and she achieved the impossible. 
She found Maribel insurance through a special program. It was something, but the insurance wouldn't examine Maribel for a transplant until she could prove that she could afford the $60,000 copay. So it was back to the phones. Laura called the Peruvian Consul General, Fernando Quiroz. So I went to the hospital thinking that I was going to find somebody on the limit of life. But then I found a young, beautiful woman. She was full of life. I said, this is impossible. This young woman will not die. Fernando organized a website, a bank account, and a press conference for Maribel. Univision, we have Telemundo, one or two uh, radios. And after people saw Maribel on TV, they felt the same thing Fernando did the first time he met her. There were many people collecting money for Maribel. Most of it was collected dollar by dollar. Calls constantly, $5, $1, $2. Hundreds of people became involved and worked day and night. Here's one of the friends that Maribel made, Melissa Gouffre. Everybody that came across her path was drawn to her in such a way that they wanted to fight for her. There was no way once you met this woman that you wouldn't fight for her. Finally, they raised $60,000. Everything was coming together perfectly. Was it luck or was it something more? I felt, and everyone else felt, like God was directing everybody to work for her and to fight for her, and that it was almost like everything had lined up just perfectly so that this event would occur, that she would have the transplant. They celebrated and thought the transplant was only a surgery away. But the very day Maribel was approved to receive her transplant, Fernando got a call. It was from Lorenzo, Maribel's husband. He was crying, frantic. He said that Maribel had decided not to accept the transplant. Fernando rallied the troops. He came from the consulate. It was snowing. He came and picked me up, and we went. When they got there, Maribel confessed that she had been quietly speaking with Jehovah's Witnesses over the past few weeks, and she had decided to convert. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that blood is sacred and cannot be ingested or transferred from person to person, even in emergencies, and Maribel needed that blood transfusion to accept the lung transplant. I was all afternoon telling her, don't you see that we've gone through all this, Maribel? Do you remember? Don't you realize that you have to live for your children? But she would just never looked up. Just, the Lord is greater, the Lord is greater. My interest in the Lord is greater, that's all she would say. It was a different Maribel than I had ever realized existed. It was not the Maribel that I had known. We never ever in our wildest dreams would have imagined her faith would challenge all of the advocates that had been fighting for her for so long. You're building a building and you're almost at the top and whammo, it all comes down. We had lost hope. We had completely lost all hope. Así sufriendo, llorando. It was the suffering, crying and thinking I was failing everyone and feeling like I was ungrateful. That was hard. For Maribel, this wasn't about her children or her friends or anyone else. This was between her and God. He had shown her grace. And in return, she wanted to offer him the ultimate sacrifice. Her life. I was being faithful because he was and has been faithful to me because he kept me alive in the hospital. I was told twice that I would die, and I was giving back what I received, fidelity. I only wait for his will, his will. Maribel cried for days. She didn't speak to anyone. She begged the Lord to tell her what to do. Confío. I trusted that the Lord always sent a sign. I told him that night, Lord, 
Show me who can speak your words to me. Speak to me. And it was like that. God came in the form of a social worker named Cecilia. She was a stranger, had never spoken to any of them before. Me agarro la mano. Sentí ese correntón en el When Cecilia held my hand, I felt electricity. <gasps> really, she didn't speak my language, but I felt electricity. She looked into my eyes and said to me, We're only going to do what you want. I'm going to respect your decision, but I think God loves you and wants all the best for you. Her eyes filled with tears, and those eyes that were looking at me, it was like if God was talking to me. I felt that electric current in my heart, and I knew, I said, Thank you, Lord. The next day, Maribel called Fernando and told him she would accept the surgery. I immediately called Laura, Melissa, I called everybody, and we went to visit her and, and, and give her full support. It's now been one year since Maribel got her lungs. She's had a beautiful outcome. She very quickly was off oxygen, gained 30 pounds. She's, she's sort of the poster child for a success of a lung transplant. I do things I never did when I was healthy. I never used to run. I'd get tired. Now I go to the gym, I run on the treadmill, and when I run, I think, my God, I'm running. I can't believe it. This is Maribel's toast to all of her friends at her one-year anniversary party. Que Dios lo bendiga y diga God blesses you and she loves you very much. And mis hijos y mi familia también lo agradece. And her children and her husband. Todos mis amigos que están acá también. And all of the people here. So whether you believe it's God or luck or fate, there's one thing you've got to admit. Somebody is looking out for this girl. Keep running, Maribel. Keep running. Thank you, Stephanie Fu, and thank you, Sarah, Jesse, Natalia Yeager, and Renzo Gore.